Hello, and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. Justin Fox is shaving. I'm Zachary Oliver. <laughs> uh, we're, we're all here in the morning talking about video games, because we all love you. <laughs> Today I have three special guests. I've already introduced one. He's the developer of Release, which is a hip-hop JRPG, I guess. Hip-hop JRPG, turn-based, Christian game. (laughs) Justin Fox, welcome to the program. Hey, sorry for the (laughs) acoustics in the bathroom right now, shaving. (laughs) So I wasn't kidding, really. We also have frequent contributor and frequent podcast guest, if not every podcast guest, M. Joshua Collar. How are you doing? Hi, Hi. I'm, uh, I'm here. (laughs) <laughs> and last but not least, I'm not sure if this is going to work, but Ted Loring is also on the show. How yes, you I am. I am here. Okay, you're here. I am, and happy to be so this morning. We're just afraid of your dog barking. I've got my finger poised on the mute button, and I am going to mute myself now, because again, when my uh, work ride comes, the dog will bark and keep me safe. So... <laughs> I'm going to mute until it's all all the chaos is over. Yeah, carpool danger. <laughs> Watch out. Okay, so <laughs> today we're going to talk about games we're playing, because we don't have anything interesting to talk about. Hey! <laughs> it says people who play video games like to talk about the video games they play. That made sense. Okay, yes, we are going to talk about games that we play. So, does anyone and, have... And it will be interesting. Yes, it will be. It will I'll be interesting. Sure of that. Does yes. anyone have a particular inclination to talk first? Can I go first? Yes, you may. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm excited to tell everyone about the Metal Gear Badger Sim. <laughs> <laughs> it is your Badger. I, I'm not joking. It's called Shelter. If if it actually was like made not without like the problems of licensing and, and legalities and stuff like that, it would probably be named Metal Gear Furry Six Mama Badger. Um, (laughs) yeah it's it's uh but but the the title is a lot less interesting it's called shelter because the whole basis of the game is you are a mama badger with five badger babies and you have to find shelter it's it's actually very very artsy very short probably likened to what would happen if metal gear met journey and went on a a linear adventure together where survival was really important but so was not getting eaten um (laughs) yes not getting eaten is a part of survival isn't it (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's very true. But you also have to feed your babies. And as, as they get hungry, they, they kind of start to lose color. And I, it took me a little bit to, to figure out how, what the game wanted me to do at first. Because I, I, I thought when the game very just starts, you're in a den with your four badger babies. And one of them looks like he's dead. And it's real sad. And I wondered why I couldn't keep going. And then I found out it was because that badger wasn't dead. And I had to give him a turnip. When I gave him a turnip, he came back to life, and then the credits start rolling over top of my screen as we walk through our, our burrow out into a pretty magical forest without any magic, but with foxes that you could sneak up on and kill and then feed them to your babies. Oh, so babies actually need food. So this oh, yeah, is what yeah. you're telling Badger, me? Yeah, badger babies okay. desperately need food, <laughs> and they are omnivorous, so they will eat just about anything. Okay, um, that's cool. Yeah. Even frogs. So the motivation and the moralizing that happens here is there's no moralizing. I'm totally joking about that. Um, (laughs) 
there is the theme of survival and and survival of the fittest and some of that. Ultimately, it's it's kind of a linear go from one point to the next. The first area is just like get feeling the ropes and realizing that you need to find shelter and not get and 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 kill other animals so that you can feed your babies and then not get killed by the malevolent hawk. The hawk is the what's a good Metal Gear enemy is the uh, Solid Snake of <laughs> the Hind from Metal Gear One. And you can't get spotted by the hawk or it will snatch your babies and they will make a terrible noise. Um, <laughs> and and you do not want to hear that noise. And I heard that noise and it made me very sad because I ended the game with three babies and it made me kind of sad. This sounds horrific. <laughs> it's very <laughs> It's both really, really cute and also kind of really, really a feel-bad game. <laughs> a feel-bad game, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You fail as a parent. Start over again, loser. <laughs> <laughs> and the, it's kind of a weird design because they're, 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 it's a, a, a Swedish team that went for like ultra-minimalism. Uh, ultra so everything that, that you would imagine about a, a game that, has, that, that comes out today is that the, if you die... If, if there's an end to things and you just go back a few steps and continue. Uh, but this one has like huge sweeping checkpoints that like the first level took me almost like half an hour to beat and there's no save points in there. And I was like, what the heck? This is a frustration. And then I realized that the wisdom in that was that when one of your baby di- babies die, you're less motivated to start that whole level again because it gets more dangerous in the end. And when my babies died towards the end of the level, I was like, well, this really sucks, but I guess I got to keep moving. <laughs> I guess you just have to let go. Yeah. I'm off. I'm off mute restriction now. I'm back in the game. Oh, oh there yeah. We, there we go. Yeah. I was, I was ah! miss, missing Ted's commentary on, on, on mama, mama gear rising. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I was in trance as I could only listen, but not speak as you talked about feeding baby dead badgers. Hey, he wasn't <laughs> actually dead. He just looked dead to me. Oh, he was kind of comatose. So you're yeah, not a honey badger, is what you're saying. Um, I don't, I don't believe that you're a honey badger, but you definitely, definitely, uh, you don't tell care. the other animals what's up. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'd be too nasty. That'd be too nasty for a honey badger. That's yeah, yeah. Honey badger mamas could <laughs> are like attacking zebras and stuff, or at least that's what Reddit tells me. So I don't know. <laughs> but right, this uh, honey badger very don't cute. care. <laughs> yeah, honey badger don't care. Even nasty. <laughs> yeah. That's my spoof game that I will probably make at one point in time. (laughs) All right, pretend just for a minute that I'm an idiot and I have no idea what you're talking about, Josh. Is this like an officially sponsored game from the makers of Metal Gear or is it using the engine of it? No, this is made by the same guys who made the indie game PID, which was a puzzle platformer that came out last year. Very artsy game, but kind of lacked some of the mechanical refinement in movement so that it felt like a really really good action platformer and this one is uh really really great in terms of soundtrack music graphics and the gameplay is okay the the actual mechanics of 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 hiding in the grass so that you can't get spotted by a hawk or whatever that those things are 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 really good but it does it never gets terribly deep like you basically have two buttons you have your your bark which is where you go "Eh," and then your babies go And it's really cute. <laughs> Very cute. Yeah, and then you, the other button you have is, is your uh, your sprint, which is what you can run into trees with, and that, that drops apples. 
So, and then you, 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 you click on that to pick up the apples and, and feed the babies or, or whatever other carrots or turnips or dead foxes or whatever. And so that, that's kind of the, the core mechanic of the game is just not getting spotted and finding food for your babies. So it's not really like terribly active or deep, but it's it's a lot more. Uh, you do a lot more than journey. So there's that. If you get um, spotted, does it go? Bling? <laughs> yeah, uh, giant exclamation mark. Cl- close. If if you're spotted by the hawk, you hear it go. <laughs> and then, and then if you stay exposed for for terribly long, then it'll come and snatch one of your babies, and you do not want to know what that sound is. Oh, yeah. That's considerably more disturbing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little, yeah, it's a little bit worse than, than uh, a soldier spotting you with a little exclamation point above his head. Let's stop building here the entire time. <laughs> okay, so um, that's what, that's what that, the first game that I want to talk about, and I'm going to hold off talking about something else until if we, we for sure have more time. So, uh, Ted, what have you been playing? Well, let me tell you. You know I'm a hardcore, heavy-duty gamer. <laughs> yes. First of all. So, heavy-duty. I am playing a little game on the Xbox 360 called Diablo 3. Oh, snap. <laughs> now, this is my first Diablo experience ever oh, wow. on anything. Really? Yes, I was at a friend's house, and he had it, and we played, and I was like, well, this is kind of mindless button mashing and dungeon tromping, and then I I couldn't get out of my head, so I went to the store the next day, and I bought it, and I've even played some online, which for me to play a game online is almost miraculous. (laughs) Now, this is curious to me, because I don't know if it can still be Diablo if there's not the click-click clicking, so is it just pressing the A button all the time? The A button... The right trigger button, and currently the, I think the X button, but as I level up, I'm sure I'll be mapping other stuff. And I have people <laughs> said that, how can you play that on a controller instead of a keyboard or whatever? But, I mean, I'm having no trouble, but I have nothing to compare it to. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, that's, that's me just joking, considering the game's known for just being something that you're just clicking incessantly. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's not too bad on a console, because Diablo 3 seems to have been designed for consoles in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though Blizzard said they didn't, but basically each character has about six abilities max, so those will fit onto a controller pretty darn easily. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's yeah, I can't just, imagine that the controls are bad or anything. It's just fun. I've I spent a couple hours online, and I'm only level ten, which is apparently not very high, but it took a while. What just class t- did you play? I uh, did not like the choice I made, <laughs> and I may start over, but I chose a monk. And after I started a game, I realized I chose a girl monk. (laughs) Wow, you say it like it's such a bad thing. Well, I wanted to be a boy monk. (laughs) Can I say? Uh, What do you have against sexy girl monks? What is your problem, man? Jeez. This guy. This guy over here. Oh, doggy. (laughs) See, the dog is upset now, too. Yeah, okay, okay, dog. I'm sorry. Hey, I sounded like I was a cool guy talking there. Hey, dog, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> what was that guy? Wasn't he on like uh, the talent show? He would call her by dog. I don't remember who he was. So. I lost Randy. 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 <laughs> yeah. What were Randy. I talking about? What was I talking about? Talking about you were talking about Diablo, Diablo? And, and why, why it was good and, and why oh, yeah. it was Oh, yeah, and about the female thing and the monk. Uh, it's not so much the female thing, but the monk is very much a melee kind of person. And when I had first played it, I had chosen – 
a wizard kind of person, which was kind of like stand back and just like shoot these yeah. laser beams. Uh, it was easier. Uh, this one, I get in there and my health goes down quickly, and it seems like um, my special move. It has you have to charge up something. It, she's always saying to me, "I don't have enough spirit." I was like, <laughs> "What are you, a freaking cheerleader?" <laughs> That's why I play barbarian. That works for me. Yeah, my Bar- friend barbarian class barbarian. is pretty popular. Yeah, yeah, just smack things. Thumbs up. But it's just fun. It reminds me a lot of playing Torchlight. Again, I've, I haven't played a lot of this kind of game, so I was like, wait, this is like Torchlight. And probably yeah. everybody else in the world was playing Torchlight saying, wait, this is like Diablo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, uh, the, the team who made Torchlight came from guys who worked on Diablo. So that that's kind of how that that came to pass. I got and you. Like, Which... let's, make it, let's make it more refined or something. I don't know. If it's as good as Torchlight has been for me, then I'm really going to enjoy playing Diablo 3. But it's one of these that I can actually have my homework kind of spread out on the Ottoman, and I can play a little bit single player, just kind of pause and maybe do a little bit of homework and then go back to it. So it's a, it's a good hybrid game. It's not too... So you're working on your theology homework, and then you're, you're going to hell. hell. I'm yeah. literally, I'm translating, <laughs> I'm translating from the Gospel of John, the first chapter, doing, you know, a word or two at a time, and then going back to playing Diablo. You must so I've got... Play Demon Hunter. This is the class you should be. <laughs> it is a bit of a dichotomy there that I am playing Diablo and I am translating the Word of God pretty much the, at the same time. Did you see the, the advertisement on television for for Diablo 3? It's like, go to hell. <laughs> it's a little adult, i got to say. Yeah, it's, I, it's all like sexually suggestive and stuff. I have yeah. not seen that. Yeah, well, it's rated M for Mature, so I guess they can get yeah. it. Yeah, I saw it while I was watching Breaking Bad, so. (laughs) Which is a mature show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend Diablo necessarily for children, but uh, (laughs) it is just kind of a fun, you know, it's a dungeon crawler. What can I say? But that is primarily what has been taking up my gaming time, other than my recent obsession with achievement points. But we'll save that for the secondary conversation. Awesome. (laughs) All right, so how, how about you, Justin? What have you been playing? Maybe we lost him. Yeah. He's alive. No, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I was... Um, Chopping I onions. I was fixing hash browns. <laughs> I was fixing hash browns. I was close. Um, <laughs> well, there's... Uh, I'm playing right now um, a little game called Guacamelee. Woo! Guacamelee. I haven't... Gosh, I haven't had that feeling of, of true Metroid 2D-vania gameplay since I played Symphony of the Night. I recently played through um, Metroid, Super Metroid because that game's amazing still to this very day. How long and, did it take? Uh, oh, for which game to play through? Super Metroid. Oh, um, gosh, I'll probably be the thing in like maybe four hours. I'm oh. still a little bit rusty. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I took longer, so. You I, I've been playing it. <laughs> I got stuck again. I, I, I don't know where to go. Oh. That happens a lot in the old school. <laughs> metroids yeah. but that's one of the interesting things about uh guacamelee is the the level design is is so clear and thought out that like it it's almost better in some ways than than some nintendo game layouts because you actually know where you're supposed to go <laughs> yeah it's the refinement of that of that genre in a lot of ways yeah. because it's not like where they you know it's like i saw that door and now i have to remember where that door was now that i had the special <laughs> item in order to get to it it's kind of has its, it has its flow now where it will show you what it is, but it will 
create a new path in order for you to get there seamlessly without really confusing you. So yeah. let's say that, you know, you get to, you maybe, you'll see something, you know, in, in Metroid or whatever, you know, and you're trying to get to that one point. So in Guacamelee, what might happen is that that area in which you can backtrack gets closed off and then another path will open and it'll lead you right to that door that you can now get to with a special item. So it's a, yeah, so it's, it yeah. definitely refines that genre. And I like it too, because it's so, it's cultural. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, hundred percent accurate. To, I mean, no, it's cultural because I mean they play off the ideas and the themes that are in that culture, and I just like the fact that you know it's just something different. I, I like to see colored people, you know. <laughs> so uh, one thing, looking one thing at colored people. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, I was just gonna say that there's the animator. There was an animator within Drinkbox team named Alejandro, who actually proposed the pitch. He's like, "Here's here's an idea for a game that I got," and everyone else looked at it and they're like, "This is kind of awesome." And he was just a, a homesick Mexican animator. And they're like, let's run with it. <laughs> and that's actually literally how the game was made, was like this crazy democratic process. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then they layered in a lot of, a lot of the Metroid references and all, the, all, the, all that stuff. But it's a lot more yeah, combat the... focused, though. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the Taco Bell depth of things beyond that. But they, they did really definitely borrow a lot of real cultural elements, like you were saying. Well, I myself, yeah. uh, I will not play a game without a good, solid Caucasian focus. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I mean, I mean, well, at first many... I was kind of like, this this is non-white. I, I, I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> and then I cried. And then I cried because the white man was losing his grip on all things, in all media, <laughs> all artwork. I was like, no, Whitey, no. Well, no. Too many, too many churros. They're taking our job. Yeah, I was like, wait, man, I'm not white. And then I start playing again. The end. So. <laughs> yes, I want to play as an undead Mexican guy who is a tequila, Why can't I be an undead farmer. white guy? Yeah. Actually, well, not undead. Undead's probably the wrong word, but yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. churros. Does um, that make me racist? Yes, it does. Everything makes you racist. You say you say the word black, that makes you racist because, you know, <laughs> you're supposed to be African. That makes everything better. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> but I'm playing that, and oh, that's how to add this one thing into. With you actually run into the little Chozo statues from Super Metroid. Same yeah, <laughs> and like there's like an old guy, there's like an old man there, and he's like a he turns from like a man to a goat. I'm not sure which one he is. I don't know if he's a goat man or a man goat. I'm not quite sure, he's but goat, he's a goat wizard. He's a goat wizard. Okay, okay, okay. This this, this is the beauty of culture. <laughs> it's like it's like this, you know. You have a goat man or man goat or yeah. So like I didn't know goat wizard um, was a trope. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that's why you're not gonna find that. It's it's great. So we have a new trope now. Yay! So but he's always like, dude, you broke my statue. And so you know, but as you go throughout the out the game, he gets more and more upset the fact he keep on breaking all his Chozo statues, so it's kind of funny. He also tries to pick up so, your mom. <laughs> yes, he's like, he tries to, like, you know, hook up with my mom, and I'm like, dude, not cool. <laughs> not cool at all. <laughs> What the heck? <laughs> um, but there's actually something else I wanted to um, kind of mention this too, and uh, I raised a question on my um, on my uh, Facebook, and I better flip these hash browns around. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be delicious, y'all. I wish you were here so we can dine together and break bread as brothers and sisters in Christ. There's no sister here. So, and, and I got no bread. I got no bread. <laughs> it's not very manly. 
<laughs> but there was a, a racist on my Facebook page, and it was about this interactive media that we have that is uh, interactive entertainment with Josh was, was not Josh, but uh, Zach was calling it. Because, like, nothing was created that we used to play games on. You know, it's like in, back in uh, when well, Tennis for Two was the first game that was made in 1958, I think the first recorded game. It's like they made this new thing, but they were making games with it. Does that make sense? So I was kind of like, well, what do we actually call it with, with, without playing games on it? You know, and, and I thought that uh, Zach's definition kind of worked pretty well, which was interactive entertainment, because you can't really call it, you can't really go outside of that to me ways, because then, you know, if it's interactive games or whatever, or you interactive this, then, you know, you interact with a whole lot of different things. But, but the reason why I was raising that is because I think a lot of times that, like, um, I'm playing Journey right now a little bit, and mm-hmm. me, that really, like, I have a controller in my hand and everything, you know, but there's no real, like, I guess, win states or anything like that, you know? It's like, this is an experience that you have with this other person that's online. And I thought it was really special, but I really couldn't constitute it as a game. I could more constitute it as an interactive entertainment experience is what I could do. Yeah. So I know, you know, yeah, some people, you know, might, you know, get upset and saying that, you know, that's not a game or whatever, you know, but I think yeah, that like if you step away... <laughs> the, yeah. But I, I think, like, you know, if, uh, if you step away from, you know, the what what the median is ex- itself and then draw back, you know, what the, uh, and say that, you know, just because you're using it for games all the time doesn't mean that, you know, that's what it is. It's kind of like, you know, if someone made the first basketball, then everything, if you play dodgeball with a basketball, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're playing, basketball. you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's yeah. like, it'll be fun so, though. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so everything that you make with that does not mean that it's necessarily basketball, you know, this is the first ball that was made and nobody actually assumed to call it anything else. So it's like, this, we're going to play basketball, and we're going to start throwing the ball at each other. It's like, wait a minute. Is this really basketball? It's like, no, let's actually call it something else. And so, yeah, I think that, I, I, think I, that all, I, I think that all game writers kind of have the same problem of trying to figure out how do we present something that, that is not necessarily in, in the traditional sense a game. Um, and, and, of course, it's just a problem with our language in some sense because, you know, when you say that you're, you start talking about a, a serious game or something that's, that's that in my mind, is really, really culturally interesting and then you tell that to someone who has knows absolutely nothing about games tries to stay away from them and they they basically hear you as a 12 year old talking about how cool the thing is and yeah. <laughs> but they are cool yeah yeah and and, and it, it, no, it sure. suddenly but it suddenly drops out of the, the 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 consideration as a meaningful form of engagement that adds to life for some people and that and that's just you know cultural linguistic engagement challenge but i think that for the most part uh game writers and people who are who write about these interesting things like journey like gone home like all these things that are that don't necessarily fit into the genre of games and in the traditional win state definition just still use the term just because it 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 still might be the the best word that we have for it yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... And, and, and I think, though, too, that will happen is that I think if we can define it as as not only just, you know, as this kind of stuff saying this, you know, this is inter- inter- interactive entertainment, you know, I think that that allows more creativity and more games like um, Dear Esther or Journey and things like that, you know, to yeah. be something that's actually different to where, you know, we're not constantly thinking of win states all the time, you know. I think and that's that where David Cage it's comes a, into play. Uh, David Cage is all about interactive drama, and, and yeah, that's also yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. why that term has been looked down on because it's David Cage, and people don't always like David Cage. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just don't like, think like those, 
Yeah, I just don't Who think hasn't those... played his games, but still thinks he's an idiot. <laughs> I don't think he's an idiot. I think that he's <laughs> overstepping his boundary. Yeah, video yeah, games well. do require win states, but the problem is the new games coming out that don't have them is that they're not really video games, and they just need a new word to call themselves by instead of trying to co-opt. Right. Instead of trying to co-opt an old word. Yeah. You know, you know I, what I, I think? And I want that to happen, too, because I would love to see more things that are just, that are really looked at as art, you know, because it's, it's, it's this is this thing that we have, and we are only using it for, like, oh, in a one-dimensional sense. And I'm really happy to see this, you know, this kind of get out to a more artistic, freeing kind of zone, you know. I like to see this more more exploration on the, on the canvas, basically. Yeah. The thing is, though, with the word video game, it's just a lot easier than video choose your own adventures. <laughs> video interactive experience. Oh. Oh, yeah. Ted, Ted, what were you going to say? I was going to tell you what I think. Ever since Zach mentioned churros, I've had churros on my mind, and I had to look them up on Google, and apparently you can get stuffed churros, kind of like a filled donut. And it looks absolutely delicious. I can't get it out of my mind, and I had to tell you that. So you know what I'm having for breakfast? I'm going to find a place that does churros. Churros that, are delicious. So what I'm trying to say is that video games are sort of the churros of the entertainment world. Do the, take something. Take, come on, Josh, rescue me. Take that. Do something with it. Well, I, I, I definitely can agree with that in the sense that they are not necessarily revered in a uh, socio-cultural sense. Like, I think of the like relevant magazine, which is supposed to be like the cultural twenty-something. This is what twenty-somethings care about, kind of Christian magazine, and it it still bugs me that like, yeah, we have some friends like Luke Larson and Drew Dixon who have written for uh, relevant about video games, and they do every very very rarely have articles about them but they didn't even touch journey ever and that's like the i don't know like like there's so much room for them to talk about them and yet they don't largely because uh they don't see them as important i think the buddhist overtones of journey might throw people off too <laughs> wow let's be honest well it's definitely there maybe <laughs> maybe maybe it looks it's, it's, pretty it's much about like, reincarnation like, yeah you go back to the beginning right and then you do the journey again that's not in my bible <laughs> yeah exactly right western theology relevant is scared so yeah i well i i mean like just like like also you and you go, go to any kind of major major media outlet they largely don't discuss video games on, unless it's call of duty because it just sold a billion copies and and that's just kind of like the the way that culture largely views things except for the fact that on the undercurrent video games are quite factually for our generation at large the most biggest influence at large like they they are whether people want to talk about them or not and i'm not going to justify that with with actual facts because i'm lazy yeah. <laughs> but, but really, I think you made your point. It really is the churro of the entertainment industry. The problem it's, it's underappreciated. The problem is the difference between a churro and a hot dog inside of a churro, which masks the hot dog. They make those? I'm sure they do. <laughs> we'll just make that up. Anyway. Okay, is that, when someone tries rescue to, us. When tr someone tries to co-opt the churro and make it into something it's not. That's what I don't like. Because churros are supposed to taste like doughy, donuty, cinnamony goodness. Man, are they good. With chocolate sauce. With chocolate sauce. Oh, and you're killing dog. me. Dip it in there. <laughs> rub it around a little bit. Oh, God. It's so good. <laughs> but, but the problem is, like, 
what if somebody gave you a churro, right? And then it had a hot dog in the middle. And I'd be I'd be really upset. Yeah, and it'd be weird, right? You dip yeah. it in there, right? Somebody called it a churro. You dip it in there and then you ate it and you go, what the heck is this thing in the middle? And then you go, well, hot dog. And you may grow <laughs> to like the fact that there's a hot dog inside of your churro, but that doesn't make it a traditional churro. It throws well, I, you off your game, yeah. too, and your expectations. Yeah, exactly, right? And why are you calling it a churro when it's not really a churro? One time I uh, was drinking a Sprite, and then I forgot, and I, I had poured another glass of milk or whatever. And so I picked up the glass of milk thinking it was Sprite, and it hit my mouth. And I was like, this is the worst-tasting Sprite I've ever had. <laughs> so expectations do play a role. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's what I'm kind of getting at is that, you know, like if like for because I remember that uh, Zach was not a fan of Journey and everything. But I think that's exactly what happened was that he, we were calling it a game, you know, as in and expecting, you know, what we've been expecting for the past. I don't know, like 20, some, 20, 30 years, which is, you know, the win state and um, yeah. and and all and all those things that go into it, you know, in the traditional sense. And I don't think that. You know, Zach is, is wrong in expecting that, especially when we're doing it for like 30 years. So, <laughs> or, or even the definition of that, game in general, right? Games yeah, usually have yeah. a win state for the past, I don't know, 6,000 years. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. So, you know, for him to expect, you know, a win state, is, he's not crazy with that. That's why I think it really needs to be called, you know, uh, this particular genre of, ga- of game, these, or, or this particular genre of whatever this is, to be called something else, you know, because. It's 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 there's so many little in, these little experiences out there out there now that are really really just like is this an experience you know it's an artistic experience and there's plenty of room for it to be uh, for it to be appreciated and a lot of times it 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 I don't know it doesn't get the reverence and the cultural significance that it really needs to get I mean games should get that too you know but these I think these items also can be um, had by anyone like anyone can appreciate to the moon you know yeah. and like to like to the moon like, it, that that game to me is i mean it's a game about the experience you know but at the same time you experiencing the, the experience is about the experience and you experience the experience <laughs> so I, th- I think that i think that justin has just been deflated so i'll take over <laughs> give uh, that guy yeah. a hash brown but yeah, I mean, there there is there's a lot of discussion. I mean, like especially with Pat Gann. I mean, Pat Gann was working is working on a game about that is a, a graphic uh, novel. Uh, not not what's the right word? What 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 is it for visual novel? That's the word visual. they use for interactive stories. Uh, it's basically just literally like mostly text and a little a lot like in his case a lot of music theory and a lot of like musical mini games and stuff like that. Um, mini games is a reductive term. I apologize, Pat Gann. But like that still is the question really presents itself: Is this a game? And many people don't say well, whatever. I, I just put that out there to say that like there is a lot of diversity in in the interactive medium that we use for our our preferences in entertainment, and we're gonna probably struggle with with language on that for a while. But if I don't rescue us right now, I think that we're never gonna find out what the heck. Zach has been playing. Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. What are you I playing, also Zach? play things. <laughs> I guess Zach. I don't we don't care about Zach. I guess Zach. I, I have to pick one thing that I'm playing. I guess I'll pick the most interesting one. That's probably a good idea. Which would be Dota? Dota two. That's what I've been playing. Okay, now you're oh, gonna God. have to boil this down to its cheapest and most re- reduced substance. The well, the churro I, that is Are you all familiar with Dota in any way? 
I mean, I am, but uh, pretend, pretend that we're not. Pretend that we're not in any way. I can't even explain it in text. It makes no sense. <laughs> like, if that's I was... A, that's a thesis statement, dude. You can't explain that. It's like the MIT of gaming. <laughs> Everybody knows what Dota is, right? If, if I say Dota, right, it's like the three-lane thing with the towers. Something of the ancients. Yeah, defense of the ancients. De- defense of the ancients. There yeah. we go. See? So pretend which, which I'm an idiot. Out- it started it. out as a, a Warcraft 3 mod that was competitive heroes running for goals on both sides and trying to figure out how to take... It's basically uh, team-based tower defense. Yeah, um, or real-time strategy truncated into you controlling a single hero. Yeah. Which would be kind of interesting. With other people. Do you play on Steam, I guess? Yeah, it's pretty much exclusive to Steam. Oh, yeah, developed by Valve, I see. Yeah. So that would totally make sense. It's an... Interesting there's game. Good, there's a good uh, history of it on um, on uh, YouTube called um, the uh, all all your history are belong to us. And there's one on the, the Dota franchise, what it is, and it's really it's really in depth, really detailed. They do a really good job of it. So all our history are belong to us on YouTube. Now give a really good explanation of what it is. Cool. Because I didn't know. Yeah. Mm. And it, I find it an interesting game, but I'm not sure if it's a great game. <laughs> yeah. The problem with it is not that it's necessarily bad. It's just that the game is arcane and weird and has all these mechanics that make no intuitive sense whatsoever. Since it was based off a originally a game modification, it has all these elements from the game from which it's derived that seem to make no sense to me anymore. <laughs> like... You have to micromanage a courier to send you items while you're fighting other people in the midst of combat. There are exactly five shops on the map, and all of them contain different things to buy. With some of them your character needs, some of them they don't. You can kill enemy minions, but you can also kill your own, because the whole point of the game is to get enough gold and experience to kill everybody else. So it's just complicated and weird. (laughs) I have a couple of key questions. Number one, is it free-to-play or is this a pay-to-play? It is free-to-play with microtransactions. Ah, uh, so okay. what Valve decided is that they won't charge you for any of the competitive elements of the game, so characters and that sort of thing, but they will charge you for cosmetics. You know, like if you want your guy to have a funny hat, <laughs> then you need to pay money. Val- Valve is known for the hats. importance of hats. I don't like- know why. <laughs> <laughs> Why hats? I don't uh, understand. Don't know. I, I honestly was late to the the Team Fortress Two party where that was like the the economy was hats. <laughs> and they make money with the hats. So I mean, who's to say it's wrong? The games get pre-ordered purely because they offer a, a Team Fortress Two hat <laughs> <laughs> with pre-orders. Yeah, I don't does. know. They got to be glad that's developed, though. They got to be thrilled. Yeah. People just like hats, man. They just like our game in hats. That's all we gotta do is hats. Virtual hats. I'm wearing a Where hat right now, normal. I'm not either. I'm bareheaded. And people seem to like Dota, so I'm not gonna say it's a bad game. I just think it's not a very intuitive game. How yeah, much, it also how much has, of like, it have you played? I'm sorry. I've yeah. played about six or seven hours. I've not played against any human beings yet. Oh. Okay. And I am not looking forward to that because I hear the community is a bunch of stuck-up people who are like the fact that they know more about the game than you and will swear or curse at you accordingly. For me, that's kind of the, the, a comparative experience to like Halo and how I got into it was I needed to, to just kind of tolerate the, 
the crappy community around it for about 14 hours until I found <laughs> found my my own ability to 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 not die all the time. And and then once I got to that point, I made I made a, a, a vow that I would not. I know Jesus says don't make vows to to not become that that the douche that is constantly picking on uh, the the people who don't know how to play the game. And so at the uh, at our rec center, whenever we have a new kid who comes in wants to try out. Halo, I try to make sure that um, he gets eased into the game and not, like, slammed on by, by the more advanced players. See, that's um, the very thing that's kept me so intimidated from playing online is, you know, getting yelled at, getting cussed at, or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, and, that's, you, and that's the unappealing thing about multiplayer games at large is, is that... <laughs> you, don't meet it, the, it, you don't meet the skill threshold, and so you get attacked for some reason even though you can't get any skill unless you play the game yeah yeah if you're you're in that catch 22 and who wants to do that who wants to go into a situation where you can't play a game well because no one will let you and it's like you know if i want to just uh, have the world be mean to me i can just go out my front door <laughs> and I, th- I think the critical thing with games like that is finding that one person who says hey i, I i'm your friend i want to care about you i'm going to help you get good at this and that and i i, I kind of had that with with a, a community in, in town in red Lion here with it was called game seller it was just like a, a seller like a um like a basement uh where that where gamers would go and, and play games together and and uh I, I had a lot of friends that i had made there that helped me to get less terrible at halo um and and that and that's kind of what you need the same thing with dota the, the way that people get into dota and league of legends as, as far as i've seen it is by having one or two or three or five friends uh who say I'm going to help you get better at this, and you're going to learn the core strategies of the game together, and 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 then you won't suck, and if you do, I'm going to yell at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really just do not get the whole... I don't understand why a team wins and why another team doesn't. Like, I'll play with all the bots, and then suddenly my team is winning, and then we all win. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's we... actually more frustrating than losing, considering and, you don't know why it just happened. And I'm like, I died multiple times... But I took one tower. Why are we winning? And why did we win? And none of that makes any sense to me at all. <laughs> I'm just yeah. so confused. It's, it's super deep. It's super deep. Like I think like, there's a lot of unnecessary... when I watch that history of it. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I think there's a lot of unnecessary complexity, but there is a depth in the game. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I saw that um the history of it, I was like um, but I saw muffled. I am eating salad with my head browns. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's a very large bowl of salad with a uh, creamy ranch and olives and <laughs> cheddar and, cheese on top of it and churros it's quite tasty I'm like, nah. <laughs> we'll throw some churros in there just for this just because um anyway i saw um a history of it and like it looks so complex that and i've heard how brutal it is to actually even get into it at all so I must say, you know, kudos to you, Zach, for even trying that thing because, good God, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like it is—it looks so just dauntingly, like hor- horrifyingly complex. Yeah, I was just like, you know what? There's some things for me, some things are not for me. That's one thing. This is not for me. Like I had to figure it out too long, like how to play a game. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm out. I'm, <laughs> I'm out. Like, I want to figure it out a month later about how I actually play this game. You know, I want to be able to, you know figured out within like a day or two or whatever or it's not like first day but not like you know yeah. see the dog upset again you know <laughs> the dogs. well i think it's i think it's an interesting game i just don't think the learning curve is very interesting like yeah there's this arbitrary wall of not even skill but just knowledge it's mostly about knowing 
what's a counter to X and what you should do in Y situation. But you can't know that because there's just so much stuff. <laughs> why are there a hundred heroes? Right. I don't know. Right. <laughs> but uh, I think that's can... why I gave up on the, I think that's why I gave up on the game within like the first half hour. Like I was like, Oh yeah, someone just gave me Dota. I get to I get to play it now. I've heard so much about it. And I load it up and I'm like, huh. Huh. Actually, oh, this, is, the, this is confusing. I'm done. The tutorial is actually really good at introducing the game because oh, that was actually before yeah. the tutorial came out. No, like, they actually, the tutorial yeah. is good. It's actually yeah. good because they have basically though they get you up to there and then they go okay now you get to play with just the middle lane and you have choice of like 20 characters. They decided are the most easy to play. Yeah. So you do didn't get totally overwhelmed immediately. So well, but, at least they added a tutorial because that wasn't there when I played it. <laughs> yeah, I you played I played the tutorial they originally had, and then it basically taught you how to move around and hit things. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Which is not helpful at all. No, it's not. No. So, but it's much better now, and apparently, if I win one more computer-based game, I get to play with other people. So that's fine. oh good, good. Yeah. With the limited character pool. So it must all be beginners playing who also have no idea what they're doing. Good. So I'm hoping that yeah, will help That would make it better, yes. And then, in, and then in six years, we might see you on the, the official Dota 2 uh, uh, competitive league. Uh, six years. <laughs> That's how long it's going to take you. <laughs> Probably not. You know, that's what I think I need to do is next time I try something online, I need to get a game when it first comes out. So I'm along with everybody else learning and playing a game online instead of jumping in on, say, Modern Warfare when everybody has mastered it and yeah. I, I can't do anything. Well, it, Titanfall comes out this fall. That'll be a huge competitive multiplayer game for sure, but you'll have to get a Xbox One to be able to play that. Uh, I have mine on pre-order. Thank you. Oh, I don't think it's exclusive to the Xbox One. No? I think you can get it for the 360. Oh. And, and Windows. Oh, well, cool. So that's not bad. Yeah. What's it called? Something Fall? Titanfall. Titanfall. Yeah, one yeah. word. Wait, one it's, word. Made, it's made by the two guys who started up Modern Warfare. Like, the, the, the two uh, creative directors who made oh, that, that come okay. together. Yeah. When the Infinity Ward uh, scouring happened. Yeah. And so they were like, the, no more Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were fired. <laughs> I don't think it was like, I don't want to make Call of Duty anymore. It was more like, I want to make this more, but these guys oh, kicked us out. That looks cool, man. Giant mechs and stuff? Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And it's, the, the, the one thing that's supposedly really interesting about it is that the multiplayer and the campaign, the single-player campaign, quote-unquote single-player, are actually integrated. I don't understand how that works, um, and I don't know how, like, Say, for example, you're the first person to jump into the game and you get towards the end of the game and there's no one there at the last level. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> this sounds like a so, recipe for disaster. It could be. I don't know. Someone That's jumps real... in and then, like, <laughs> kills you and then teabags your head and says, lol, tard. I mean, that's a, that's kind of what I'm imagining. It's like this dramatic event. But I but but they get to do it in a mech. <laughs> <laughs> oh, OK. So that's, a, that's better. That makes it different. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't I know. Say, I just want to say, you know, while I'm playing the game, I want to say, "Is that Gundam?" If anyone gets that reference, I would just like to do that because <laughs> this is a little nerd thing I always wanted to do. I think is that Gundam? <laughs> is this Gundam? <laughs> I think people just that's, around that's swearing. All, all, all one person that likes that series. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I like Gundam. I, they just don't release anything I, over here. I know they don't. It's so sad. I remember when Gundam Wing first came out in the states on Cartoon Network. I was so happy, dude. Everybody's like, Gundam Wing is awesome. And then everybody cared. 
less and less about Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> I want to verify uh, Titanfall is for Xbox One, 360, and Windows. Oh, I didn't know it was for 360. That's weird. That's yeah. really weird to me. It's not a system exclusive, which is strange. But... Yeah, because like, that was like the reason why, why people like reason people would have had to get the Xbox One. Like, <laughs> the one reason. It makes that, me wonder what, what online is going to be like. Is it going to be on – can you do both the 360 and one at the same time? Two people well, on different – That's what they were talking about for, for Project Destiny, so it's quite possible. Um, That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. So Or not Project Destiny. It's just called Destiny, the, the, the follow-up from Bungie, their next, their next big thing, um, which is kind of like Borderlands but with like a Halo kind of aesthetic. Oh, so – uh, what, do you guys have any other games that you really wanted to talk about? Because I have one. I, I just really wanted to talk about um, the Bureau, XCOM Declassified, which is the quote-unquote uh, Mass Effect 3 with Mad Men. <laughs> but the, the main reason why I really, really like it is because it's like, it's, and I wrote about this on Substance TV, but it's just got slow-mo action tactics. Uh, a lot of critics really didn't like it because the story kind of falls apart and it just gets really, really wacky. But the, the aspect of... Uh, controlling three squad mates into a field where or you and two squad mates going into a field against like these crazy alien odds and relying on just your control and command of the field to stay alive it's it's by far probably my my favorite triple a game of the year and i wouldn't say quite favorite but it's it's definitely up there in my mind with the last of us and as as far as like my favorite triple a endeavors of the year but that's also po- possibly partially because i just really like actual action games, but I also really, really liked the XCOM Enemy Unknown from last year, which is a turn-based strategy and a completely different game. It looks like the setting of this is in the 60s during the yeah. height of a Cold War. Yeah, yeah. So it takes mm-hmm. place in 1962, and it's got this crazy, like, Instagram filter on it that makes the colors pretty. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, that, that's a joke. That's not, it's not literally an Instagram filter. Um, but, yeah, it, it's... Uh, <laughs> Like, for whatever reason, like, I just really, really, really like the art style, really like the music, the, the style of, of the whole game. But it, it definitely was the, the, the actual field commanding, the trying to decide how, what to do with each one of your units while actually in battle. Those things that made the game really, really, really fun for me. But the weird thing is, like, when you read, like, the critical reviews for this, like, Destructoid gave the game, like, a 45. Yeah, I know. Uh, I saw that. Yeah, um, they really, really, really didn't like it. But a lot of that has to do with perception and expectation, I think, because people expect a game, to, uh, a video game to have a really good story, which is dumb because I can't think of a game that has uh, – the only game that I can think of that actually does have a good story is The Last of Us, or good storytelling at least, because everything else, there's always ludonarrative dissonance and et cetera, et cetera. But the reason why uh, I've learned to appreciate games is because of their gameplay. Um, yeah, and it's separate from the, the franchise name. Yeah, and and – the, the history behind XCOM Declassified is really fascinating because the game's development started like like nine years ago uh, when, when uh, I think it was Atari who originally grabbed the license before Take-Two Interactive grabbed it and then Take-Two became uh, 2K. And so this is like ancient history by the time that this game actually was started. And then Frax, halfway, like three quarters of the way through development, they're like, hey, how about we make Frax, let Fraxis make another copy, uh, an, another uh, two, uh, XCOM game and that was how we got um, XCOM Enemy Unknown. And it's fantastic. It's old school and turn-based and permadeath and all those things. But it's a completely different game. And then that actually hit market almost a year earlier. And so everyone's expectations and perceptions of what XCOM is was sullied by that game, which actually had a much shorter development time. Looking at screenshots, it almost has a uh, like a 1950s sci-fi movie 
feel too. Oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just got this awesome, awesome aesthetic that I I really really appreciate. And the the once you shift into the battle focus mode, which is what I call the uh, slow mo tactics mode, um, it gives you an over over view of the, the battlefield and you get to decide where your units are going to be placed and becomes very uh very power based very much like you know you get first you start out with the power to heal your squad and then you get the ability it's very weird that you get the ability to throw out to summon a uh silicoid uh or a blob that you throw out and it just starts attacking the aliens and it looks like an alien nano bot because those are the same things that are attacking you earlier in the game and you just inexplicably inexplicably get this ability and one valid criticism that people had for the game was that there's no research. Like, you're, you're not really researching alien technology as you go through the game like you did in XCOM Enemy Unknown. Uh, but you do get research, the benefits of research, even without actually having to do it, with it which is really strange. Uh, but you find out why, like, later in the game, in the, the end game, like, the last, like, four or five hours of the game get really, really crazy with plot. But it's, it's totally, it's totally but- wacky. Well, the research isn't necessarily needed for that kind of game, right? It's just yeah. by expectation that people want to do research. See, Partially. That's the whole reason why I don't like this kind of thing. It's it's ludicrous narrative filler. Like it, it makes sense on why are we suddenly why do we suddenly have the ability to summon an alien drone? Well, because we researched it, we fabricated a prototype in engineering, and then we launched field tests, and now here it is. But in the game, like it's just like, oh, now you have the ability to do this, just inexplicably in the middle of battle. You just get that because you leveled up. It's awesome. <laughs> but um, It's so gamey. I like that. It, it, and, 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 that's, and that's absolutely true, that it is very gamey. And, and yet, um, in my perception, because of where the plot goes and what happens in the end game, which, which I is wacky, but I love it. Like, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, unexpected writing, like, just the way that everything actually does come together, even though it is still kind of, like, loose, uh, it, it works for me. So I, I, if, if you guys get a chance to get that game, it's probably going to get really cheap because it did, it, it, it did get, like, really, really mixed reviews. So you wait, like, three months, and that's going to probably be, like, ten bucks. Yeah, probably a Steam sale. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I can't recommend <laughs> it. The Bureau, XCOM Declassified. It's, okay. it's got a really long, convoluted, unnecessary name. But if they just called it The Bureau... Be it, would, it wouldn't work because then people would wonder, wait, what about XCOM? <laughs> and, but if they just called it XCOM Declassified, that might actually work. But they just felt necessary, uh, felt it necessary to call it the Bureau. I don't know. It, the Bureau doesn't even work because you're not even working with the FBI. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, okay. just, it's just four words long. Give it a break. <laughs> <laughs> Is it multiplayer at all? Um, no, there's not any multiplayer component huh. to it. That yeah. seems like a game that would work with a multiplayer. Component. No, because there's there's the slow mo um, tactics view that like you have to consider how would that play into a multiplayer scenario where con- conceptually you could just sit in sit in that mode for a while and well you could just have it time. not be there and then have people talk over voice chat really quickly. But I <laughs> imagine the game's not really designed for that. Yeah, that that would be a, a, add to an already exhaustive development cycle i think that they were basically they got to a point where they had all these assets and a lot of the repurposing of of the actual concept and the structure of the plot came because they had all these assets and they're like well we need to make make a game out of all these assets and they're like okay uh yeah well we'll just make this guy say this and and do that and and lip syncing is sometimes really really cheap and and doesn't look right but that's because they're like all right let's actually get this game done <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's 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 the other game that I really wanted to talk about, just because I don't feel like the the, the game was getting a lot of the appreciation that it, that rightfully deserved because of the unfair comparison to the game that actually was started and came out 
or, or started after it, uh, even though it came out a whole year earlier. Very strange situation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Chris Plant at Polygon wrote a really, really, really fascinating, fascinating article about the history of the Bureau uh, XCOM Declassified. And it's like really, really long, but it's I, I highly, highly recommend it. It's some of the best uh, investigative journalism that I've seen in games writing lately, and and just a really really good read. It tells you like how how it went from like being a first person shooter that was entirely based on research and had a little tiny bit of combat, and suddenly became a third person tactics game, and actually had like real enemies as opposed to like strange no- anomalies that you don't understand at all. Huh. <laughs> Very strange. <laughs> Do you guys have? Would you guys have any other games that you wanted to talk about? I want to talk about one game real quick. Yeah, go for it. Because I played like. Must have played twenty hours of it in the past like two or three weeks. Uh, Ridge Racer Six. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I am addicted to Ridge Racer, but I am. What system? Xbox Three Sixty. It was a launch game. Okay. I decided <laughs> I was gonna play Ridge Racer because I got into all these drifting games, like Outrun and that sort of thing. So yeah. I was like, "Hey, Ridge Racer is cheap." So I went to my local GameStop. I picked up Ridge Racer 6 and 7. It was like $5 and $7. And I began playing Ridge Racer. And now I can't stop. I don't know. There's just something really... Ridge Racer is a great game. Yeah. There's just it's something... The only I, game like, where you can do like in the, the in the middle of the race and maintain your 250 miles per hour. Yeah. It's so stupid and dumb. And I love that. <laughs> like... Why did why can I run into a wall and then the game like freaks out because it says you shouldn't be crashing right so the camera just <laughs> spins wildly as I'm ramming into a wall at max speed losing 20 miles per hour every time I tap the wall <laughs> I mean I'm going like 170 this is not how cars work yeah yeah you take no damage it is now yeah oh yeah it is now <laughs> oh it's wonderful it's just stupid wonderful fun and it's really challenging too. The, yeah, the, I, the iOS game called uh, Asphalt 8, which just recently came out. I've been playing a lot of that and want to talk about that at some point later, but I, I won't harp, it, harp too much. But it's very similar to what you're describing. The only difference is that you can crash, um, oh, but you're still doing like these crazy flips and jumps and, and all sorts of stuff like that. I think the um, one time I did technically crash was that I didn't want to <laughs> crash. You <laughs> <laughs> he must be angry at me talking about Ridge Racer. I he, don't mess with Ridge Racer. Ridge Racer. She's very, very passionate Ooh, that about was it. was a great counter. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? He says, that's a great counter. What, genius of a driver? You've got to teach me. <laughs> There's all sorts of Like I said, fan, fanboy of that game, okay? <laughs> My brother and I. Uh, well, I grew up on that game a little bit. My brother would go to the arcade all the time and play Ridge Racer. And then he would um, put me in his lap and then drive me like the car. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would like steer with me. Like, Woo, that was a great counter. He must be one genius of a driver. You've got to teach me. So Your rivals are there, ready. There are many fond memories attached to that. <laughs> Your rivals are ready. Let's start the race. It's like all these stupid catchphrases. They're in the middle of the race. <laughs> oh no, it's great though. Hey, but I love stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, but you know them and you love them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they make you play the same race so many times that it's like after a yeah. while, it, he just starts spouting the same things. Well, it's it's a male announcer and number six, and I hear that fans. Oh, boo! Like that. Nah. See, <laughs> I remember the girl. I remember the girl in Rage Racer. It was kind of a um, spinoff sequel thing to uh, Ridge Racer. 
And it was really neat, too. He'd get to customize your cars and buy new parts and stuff like that, you know. And so the girl would say things like, you're one smooth operator. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> or uh, what, what does she say? Says, you're blushing like, and um, throwing your arm in the air. Shut up. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, yeah, you don't need to tell me that. I already know that. Uh, so like, she, um, what did she say? We push the start button. No, no, no. When you start, when you start the race, she goes, "Drivers, start your engines and let's get it on." Now I was like, "I need an adult." You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in middle school. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what's yeah. going on. So, <laughs> well, yeah, speaking, speaking of, of one to go, guys. guys yeah, I got go, I got a race to work. Aww. Yeah, same here. So, pleasure as always. And uh, Black Man is now out. Yep. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Thanks guys. All right. All right, loves. All right. Bye-bye. I can't do a better exit than his. That was awesome. <laughs> right. Failure. I, I'm just hanging up, but I love all you guys, and I had a great time. Love you too, Ted. All right. Talk to you yeah. later. All right. Bye-bye. See ya. And, and I guess, we'll... is that kind of the end of our podcast? Or... <laughs> I, I, I guess I guess it's probably a good place to end. <laughs> yeah, probably. Considering we just <laughs> lost two people immediately. Yeah. <laughs> And it is 8 a.m. Yeah. Eastern time. So yeah, I should probably get ready for work or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get ready to edit this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that has been the Theology Gaming Podcast, where we talked about churros a whole lot more than I thought we were going to. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to contact us or ask us a question, you can email me at beautifulzfo at gmail Please say hello. I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to advertise something on Theology Gaming Podcast, also email me. I'd be happy to talk to you. <laughs> if this is sounding repetitive, that's because it is. You could find Ted at wildmanted.com. You can find Justin at realace.com. I'm pretty sure. You can find Josh at Love Subverts. Sometimes he writes for Game Church. Sometimes he writes for Theology Gaming, etc., etc., etc. As always, thanks for listening and... See you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Love you guys.